Hello and welcome everybody to episode 148 of Today's News Tonight. This is, of course, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests, our lovely patrons, and our amazing YouTube audience to discuss <clears> the day's gaming news. I'm your host for today, Ash Paulson, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and GBG co-founder, Derek Bittner, along with our very special guest, gaming content creator and consultant, Asa Green River of Borderline Entertainment, returning to the show for the second time. How's it going, Asa? It's good. It's good. I was I was just telling Derek before this, I'm here. I'm here. We had, I've got a lot of this has been the year of change. Everyone thought that that was 2020. Nope. Uh-huh. It's 2021. So, no, I'm I'm super yeah. glad to be here. I'm I'm happy that you all reached out and had me back on. Um and uh if I can throw a quick plug, you said of Borderline Entertainment Please. and that's yeah, it, that's a thousand percent true. You can find my personal content in Borderline Entertainment as well as other people that I try to lift up there. Um, but I also uh, want to shout out the games and online harassment hotline that I work for. Um, and I know that Jay was on this show um, probably a couple months back. Our programs director, Jay, was on. Um, and so that is a, yes. a free text-based emotional support hotline. So you just text support to 23368. And there we've got agents that can talk to you about you know whatever you have going on. So it's made for people who make or play games. Um, I also work with Take This, a mental health org within games. Uh, I am the community manager for Waking Oni Studios, and we have Onsen Master coming out later this year. Um, and then, as you said, also uh, a game consultant. And there, oh, my camera. There we go. Uh, and <laughs> I can't I can't say exactly what the game is yet, but I'm super excited to finally um, talk to somebody about some indigenous representation in games because we need oh, more nice. of it. That's awesome. We yeah. need more yes, of it. Yes, we do. And we're here. So... Yeah. Don't just appropriate our culture. <laughs> Ask us. You now know you have an official yeah, exactly. indigenous consultant. Oh, yeah. And there's many like, more of us. There. Ask us. <laughs> or there. Like, I guess here. there. Whatever. <laughs> so well exactly. said. I mean, d- diversity and representation are both so important to us you know, as part of GVG's culture. And... Uh, but but it's important that it comes from the right people as well. It can't just be people, you know, appropriating other people's culture for that diversity. It should be coming from the people themselves. And I'm so glad that you're getting a chance to do such important work like that, Asa. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been it's been so great to have to have you all and and a bunch of other people reach out to say, hey, you know what? We want to help lift up those voices too. And in fact, I uh, Twitch re- reached out to me earlier this year. I'm about, hey, do you want to put on nice. a showcase for Indigenous peoples? And we did that on October 9th. Um, so you can actually watch that six hour showcase on my <laughs> Twitch channel. Um, you can watch that in bits and pieces. And there were creators from like spanning the gamut: dancing, music, food, mm. art gaming everything that's it was awesome. incredible that's awesome. so and then more to come in november so super excited about all that you had me at food so <laughs> exactly there, there i heard go. food like <laughs> there's amazing <laughs> recipes in there shout out to indigikitchen oh, for, nice. for being a part of that sounds so good um just really quick before we move on with the show i want to do some quick housekeeping uh as you'll know as you have already noticed our awesome wonderful co-founder and good friend steve bowling is not here uh today and you may have already seen his announcements on twitter uh but basically without going into it too heavily uh he's just had to step away from tnt specifically a little bit to make more time for his family which of course Derek and I and Brandon and Daniel, all of us obviously support. We've always said that GVG, you know, is all about family and mental health and health first. And so we obviously very much support Steve and his uh, need to focus a little bit more on his family. And to be clear, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be part, you know, he's going to be doing videos, non-TNT videos, all of our Patreon perks, executive producer streams, uh, fighter founder sessions. He's still here and he's still one of our co-founders. 
Um, but TNT specifically, he is scaling back to one episode per week. He'll be on every Friday. Uh, but yeah, just to let you know, he's fine, but he just needs to spend more time with his family. And of course, we love and respect him for that. And, uh, you know, family first. And that's uh, has always been one of our, le- our guiding principles here at GVG. So mm-hmm. just wanted to make sure everyone knows that. Uh, because of that, TNT will be in a relative state of fluctuation for the next few weeks as we figure out how to you know run the show with different people when Steve isn't around and Brandon's not around. So not every Patreon perk will be part of every episode for a little while, like the promoter pet stuff, the credit scroll, um, because we're all on different equipment and stuff. But we are figuring it out. It is a work in progress, and uh, just wanted to let you know about that. And thank you so much to all of our patrons for being so incredibly kind and patient as we kind of go through this period of transition. I'll have to take but some time to patrons, try to figure out and get all that uh, hopefully set up. My my machine my machine is currently like lumbering forward for anybody who's familiar with my personal streams it is wacky yeah. at times but uh seems like a lot of that was exploit caused me issues and i've switched over to obs and that seems to have fixed some things but there's still some issues in my computer that's like i'm probably going to, need to upgrade at some point but i am not yeah. <laughs> I, I am not a pc guy so we'll just yeah. hang in there as much as i can so sorry for the uh lo-fi <laughs> i guess we'll put it uh episode and as everyone knows, I'm on, I'm still on a MacBook Pro that I love, but is not good for streaming. So we're still trying to get me on a PC streaming setup. Uh, and once I am, I'll be able to run the show myself as well and get a crash course from Steve and Brandon and all that good stuff. But speaking of our patrons, we do have a sponsor for today's episode. Normally, uh, Eddie, the Game War, sponsors Monday's episodes. But as you know, uh, we didn't have an episode Monday because that was Sora's release day in Smash. So... We're moving to sponsorship to today instead, and that is The Game Orb is a YouTube channel that brings commentary and gameplay footage from the Nintendo Switch and Xbox Series X gaming systems. While they are still running Let's Plays with Splatoon 2 and Super Mario 64 from Super Mario 3D All-Stars, they're also adding new games like Sonic Colors Ultimate and Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. Also, there are now shorter videos in the play- playlist called The Game Orb Minis for clips that are highlighted. So be sure to subscribe to The Game Orb at the link in the description, as well as their friend, galactic reaper and of course as usual i'm getting those links into the chat right now <laughs> well, at least i'm hmm, that didn't work uh, one second. <laughs> it's Sorry, an attempt buddy. in the meantime <laughs> i i do want to while you're yeah. while you're fiddling with that i do want to take the take the time to um uh raise a bit of a uh, like a like a hmm uh to a story that we're not going to be covering uh the whole thing with hamster and their uh um, copyright that came out about uh, was it console classics or are is they do typically do the arcade yeah. uh those arcade re releases on um Switch and PlayStation uh and now they they've apparently done a, a copyright for console which ooh console ports Exciting from Hamster stuff. that'd be yeah yeah console that archives that's interesting it. that's yeah you know, right not enough to have a full story but it's one of those things where it's hmm. I want to see what they do. Right, right. Yeah, same. No, that's, re- that's really exciting. Didn't quite make the cut for our stories today, but I'm glad you brought that up, Derek. Also, uh, as I was saying, links to the Game Warp and Galactic Reapers channels are in our pinned now in the chat. And thank you, as always, Eddie, for your incredible sponsorship of the channel, uh, of the show from the very beginning. It means the world to us, and we love you. So thank you so much. Uh, as a quick reminder for everybody, we're giving away a Switch OLED at 75,000 subs when we hit it right here on YouTube. All you got to do is be subscribed when we hit that milestone, and you might want a free Switch OLED. Not a bad deal. But with that said, we do have some news to get to. So shall we uh, move on, gentlemen? 
We shall. Let's do it. We shall. Let's do it. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and get that first story up on screen, which is way past cool. All right. So if you, uh, if you recall, Netflix is working on an animated series called Sonic Prime. It is the uh, next animated uh, adventures for Sonic, the next incarnation of, of his cartoons. He's had so many cartoons. And, uh, <laughs> so many. Yes, he's so had so many. many. And Sonic Boom was great. But if, if this bit of news is anything to go by, Sonic Prime could be even better, if not at least as good. And that is because Ian Flynn has been revealed to be consulting on Sonic Prime. And uh, Ian Flynn, as you'll know, uh, was you know so hugely in- influential in the Archie Sonic comics. And, uh, you know, was so responsible for a lot of the original universe stuff that came from the comics, which themselves were based on the Saturday morning cartoon. Mm -hmm. So Ian Flynn is a very popular name in the Sonic fandom uh, generally. And so to hear that he's attached to Sonic Prime as a consultant is so exciting to me. And I'm pretty sure the two of you as Sonic fans. But uh, Asa, you're our special guest for the day. How are you feeling about this, man? Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, one of those stories that makes me happy that I'm keeping Netflix. You know, I I, I go back and forth every day. Do I want to cancel this service that I never use? Um, and, you know, I, I can watch all of the other Sonic shows on like uh, uh, Paramount Plus and things like that. But seeing Ian Flynn coming on board for Sonic Prime, I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait till this comes out and watch the whole thing before I, I give Netflix the axe. No, I, I was a huge fan of the original TV show, the Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't tell you exactly which issues I've read besides the free comic book day versions um, of Ian Flynn's writing. But anytime that I can see um, somebody from like the original property connecting over to a new adaptation, I think that is absolutely the best thing. I think when we see... Um, games turn into movies or movies turn into games and you don't have somebody from that original project on that adaptation, you tend to lose a little bit of the soul. So I feel like having Ian Flynn a part of Prime is really just going to set it forward where it needs to go. And I think that um, if you're not a big Sonic fan, this would probably be the show that, I mean, again, I I don't know a ton about what the show is going to be about, but I feel like him being on there is going to give the pedigree of if you haven't watched a Sonic show, you should probably start with this one. Like this is going to be a good one to jump in on. Yeah. It's I'm really hopeful uh, because Ian Flynn does amazing work. Everything I've read from him is, is great. He gets characters and I, I can't uh, appreciate it enough for that. It's kind of why I like, Get Ian Flynn on the games to have him start writing game stories for Sonic. That's that's where oh, it's at. Yeah, I've been wanting that for a while, but you know we're one step closer. We know what we're getting, uh, and it's it's so close. I I'm tentatively um, excited for Prime. I'm not you know you never know, quite know what you're getting into, but apparently multiple variations across dimensions for Sonic. It could be interesting. Could be some fun situations there uh man of action i've not watched a lot of their cartoons other than the original ben 10 but they seem generally pretty good uh from what i can tell mm-hmm. and um I'm, I'm hopeful for this one i i really hope uh this this is a great another great sonic cartoon because he's honestly had mostly good cartoons not like you know there you got some bad ones in yeah. there like sonic underground but you know, adventures hey, hey, hey. is. I like this song, man. Sonic Underground. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I mean, I don't love the show. It was terrible, but I I just love the weirdness of it and the ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually really liked Underground, and it's oh probably God. because I got like this Sonic 
underground stuffed animal from Denny's. And I was like weirdly attached to that, you know, guitar <laughs> necklace, but ah. Oh, so good. So uh, good. It was our it was the first time American cartoon introduced Knuckles in that terrible, terrible animated one that's a basically a pure gif. Um and it's also yeah. like honestly, I think even the Sonic OVA is is cheesy as all get out, but that is pure oh, yeah. like nineties Sonic, like uh just dissolved into that. So I, I love uh print I love Princess Bagel Boo and Shiny Totodile coming through with the uh, the lyrics, the Sonic Underground lyrics in our YouTube chat. They made a vow. Their mother will be found. You can't make that up, man. Uh... Sonic Underground was something else. Um, but no, you're, you're so right, Derek. Sonic has had so many great animated shows. And I, you know, to this day, I tell people who, you know, like people will talk shit about Sonic Boom, the game or the games. And to a, to an extent that's warranted, the Wii U version especially was just a mess. But I always tell people, like, okay, but don't judge Sonic Boom on the games. Watch the cartoon. It's so good, especially the second season. And uh, with Ian Flynn attached to Sonic Prime, I think we're in for something really special here. I'm, I'm pretty excited. And, Get him uh, Mega Man back. I want to see him finish those adaptations. Oh, he did such a good job with the Mega Man comics. And, oh, man, I'd love to see him attached to. Get him to, to, to write a Mega Man game story. Yeah. That would be so yeah. good. Oh, that like, would be so good. It was but... genius to uh, rope in the Raw Moon with the Mega Man 3 stuff. Oh, right. It was so... Like, he, he's just so good at, at, at really digging into a property and, and really, you know, nailing those deep cuts that, that only hardcore fans would really notice or care about or appreciate. And he's just... He's taken that and, it and makes him palatable for everybody. So and I, I think that's the key yeah. thing. He'll be able to pull from a lot of that stuff and maybe just make it work uh, with this strange yeah. concept. I think I feel like Ian Flynn could probably do a pretty good job getting it all set. So we'll see. We shall see. There's yeah. a good chance that we could maybe see some Easter eggs. Like he's been writing oh, for God, Sonic yeah. for so long. Like I would be shocked if we didn't see little nods to some of his past work in Prime. Man, uh-huh. imagine if they just put Sally Acorn in the background somewhere, <laughs> or Bunny Rabbot. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Yes. Or Antoine, or oh man, or even Scratching Grounder. Yeah. Oh. Just do something. <laughs> with it. Sorry, headphone wears. Um, also, Twilord in our live audience patron chat telling us I got best fresh concept in the Sonic hacking contest, and Ooh. I'm still just so happy about that. Well, that's congratulations, awesome. Twilord. I know you've been working really hard on your mods, so congratulations you absolutely deserve it and that's so cool to hear that so absolutely uh, yeah just congratulations for that good vibes um all right well before we move on to our second news story we do have a super chat to read out and just as a reminder uh we will read super chats out between news stories and not all at once just to keep the show moving but with that mm. said uh five dollars from rec bcq thank you so much saying i wish some of the comic characters would reappear I know they probably won't, but still, there's an awesome green sloth named Moss that is just me. <laughs> I think we agree with you. I think we agree that we'd love to see the mm-hmm. comic characters come back. Yeah, but absolutely. I know I know they're they're tied up in rights hell and Yeah, and, especially and, now especially with Archie and all that. It's it's we might have a better chance of getting the new the new characters, which I still need to read the new uh the IDW Sonic comics. I've heard, I've heard good, good things, things about it. Yeah, no, I have two. Uh, Top Dog in our in our uh, patron chat asks, "Is there a Mega Man cartoon?" There have been many Mega Man cartoons. 
Uh, sorry for the for the sirens over here, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're mostly pretty good. The most recent one, Mega Man uh, Fully Charged, not so good. But a lot of the <laughs> others have been, have been really good. So just to answer your question. But uh, all right. Well, we do have some more news to talk about. And this next story is one of our main uh, main stories of the day. So let's get that up on screen. All right, so just going to say this right now. This is bad vibes. Oh, yeah. We're good vibes games. This Not sucks. everything we report on can be good vibes. This straight up sucks. And uh, so so recently, uh, some of Metroid Dread's developers over Mercury Steam have been speaking out about uh, allegedly poor working conditions at the company. And this comes after uh, it had been kind of revealed that there were certain developers at Mercury Steam who went uncredited in the game's end credits uh, because they didn't adhere to the studio's policy of working on at least 25% of a project. So anyone who was perceived to have worked on less than a quarter of the game was left out of the game's credits. And uh, I can speak from experience saying this isn't something that's unique to Mercury Steam. Uh, This is something that's endemic to game development in general, but it still sucks and it's still squicky. And I really, really hate that. But on on the back of that kind of first revelation, um, there is a whole story that came out on uh, Aeneid Games. It's, it's a Spanish story, but thanks to our own patron, Juan, um, who speaks and reads Spanish, uh, they translated the story for us and, and kind of gave us some, some bullet points here. So um, a lot of this will sound familiar to you, I think, if you follow game development, but uh, a lack of communication from the higher-ups. Um, apparently almost a, or about 120 cinematics were made from the art team, but most of that was scrapped. Uh, the art designers left afterwards. Metroid Dread was apparently supposed to have twice as many bosses and cinematics, but couldn't have that. See, I, I don't blame that Mercury Steam on that one just because, you know, it's probably Nintendo sure. on that. Some of these are, you know, just uh, kind yeah. of what happens. But it's stuff like a uh, former artist said of the studio's atmosphere. They do not trust the worker at all. And it shows you don't feel valued. Like, that's a big thing where it's just. Yeah. And. It's it sucks they treat the treat like this because I heard about the development issues of Lord of Sh- Lords of Sh- Shadow Two, which is a fantastic Castlevania game. Nobody thinks about yeah. it, but it's actually really good and in in my top ten. But they have yeah. some kind of bad bosses over there, and it's not never treated right. And this is just like, really, you didn't figure this out in that amount of time. Why? Why? Yeah, and apparently salaries are super low, around $25,000 annually for juniors and 28000 for seniors. Um, that was shocking it's also, to me. Right? And it's, it's alleged that Mercury Steam didn't handle the pandemic well, uh, with a programmer saying it was, quote, total and utter chaos, and that same programmer even was promised a full salary and was only paid 30% of it. Now, of course, this is all just based on what we're hearing. We can't mm. confirm any of this, mm-hmm. but... This is really, I mean, this sucks. I've been enjoying the hell out of Metroid Dread, but I hate that anybody who worked on that fantastic game, or in any game, has gone uncredited. And it's just, again, this isn't something that's Mercury Steam specific. I've worked on games I didn't get credited in because I didn't work on enough of them, enough of it to make that threshold. And it happens, but it still just feels kind of eh. And um, to be fair, though, there there is at least one positive here, and that is that there's apparently, thankfully, no crunch because Nintendo was supervising development. So don't only want to report on the bad here. No crunch is a good thing, but it seems like there were some, well, dreadful working conditions for those working on Metroid Dread. And, yeah, it, it feels yeah. like the um, it's it's the higher ups. It's the higher ups that's the issue. 
Yeah, it's, and it's... I completely agree with Frequent Positron in our patron chat. Video game developers need to unionize. Completely agree. Yeah. Um, game developers have way too little power. Uh, the, you know, the, the rank and file developers in the trenches have way too little power compared to the suits and the executives. And yeah, it's, I just think this stuff is going to continue to happen until something like that is able to happen, until unionization can, can take place. Um, yeah. But I think we've been it's... talking a lot. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that that's a great point because like even in these points here, it says that, okay, N Nintendo said no crunch. Apparently there is no crunch. But then when you look at that juxtaposed to the entire list of everything that did go wrong, it's like, is crunch really the problem? Because it seems like there were a whole litany of issues here. And if we had yeah. this unionization fixed, then, then you know maybe crunch wouldn't be a problem and all of these other issues, like that huge disconnect with the higher ups and then people actually working on the game wouldn't happen. So yeah. I, I yeah. saw a suggestion um, uh, in uh, YouTube chat from new, new, no sardines for you saying maybe that's about the normal a annual salary in Spain. And I just looked up the average salary in Spain as of 2021 and uh, they typically earn 27, uh, 2,710 euros gross per month, which comes out to about 32.5 thousand uh, a year. So still under the average in that case. It's definitely still, yeah, it's still lower than the average, as you said. So, you know, that taken along with the alleged working conditions, developers not being trusted, being separated from one another, uh, not being paid their full salary. I mean, there's just, there's a lot that's really, really unfortunate here. And uh, I mean, I, that doesn't change the fact that I've loved playing metroid dread i haven't quite finished it yet but i'm close and i've loved my time with the game but i gotta say it does it does sting a little bit to know that i the the, the fruits of, of the labor that you know what i'm playing the finished product some people who who put their blood sweat and tears into it got screwed over and that, that doesn't make me regret playing the game at all but it, it makes it hard for me to to look at it in as pure purely enjoyable a way as i did before um you know, it's just that that personally is hard for me. If you're someone who can separate those two things, all the power to you. But I just am not. So it definitely just makes me feel a little gross. You know? I, I do wonder if Nintendo might do a little cleanup upon this stuff coming so. out about the Mercury Steam. Because uh, if you ever watched the what happened on Metroid Prime and the terrible management of Retro Studios when they first started out, um, I believe, if I, if I remember correctly, the um, person who got Retro Studios started was the same guy who came up with the guy game. Um, and who was just oh, apparently, oh, really? yeah, it's just a really skeevy guy who's like wasted money, oh. did not meet deadlines, was just sort of awful. And Nintendo basically came in as like, okay, we need to fix this. This is not going well and got them out. And yeah, watch the Metroid Prime one. And um, it, oh, from uh, Matt McMuscles, fa fantastic episode, really interesting and amazing how good Prime turned out. So hopefully Nintendo sort of like steps in and be like, OK, yeah, we need to take care of some things here. But maybe they were meeting their deadline yeah. still, despite treating like this, and Nintendo didn't care. Hard to say. It is, uh, but I, you know, I do hope the people who've been wronged here get some sort of recompense. I don't expect it necessarily. You know, I'm not expecting a, a patch to come out that adds all the uncredited people to the credits. If that is Mercury Steam's policy, that's their policy. But it's just, it really, 
really sucks. And I hope things get better for everybody at Mercury's team by the time their next game, they work on their next game, whatever that is, Metroid or not. Um, it's just, it's a shame. And I hate having yeah. to talk about stuff like this happening in the industry, especially because it continues to happen. And uh, I think it was with Taniac and our patron chat talking about how you know voice actors were treated better once they were able to unionize mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yeah i i think there needs to be that accountability there and uh we'll see i mean obviously it's it's against developer you know executives interest to allow game developers to unionize because they just want to line their pockets generally but it's better for everybody i think if they do and we'll just have to see where things uh where things go from here um, but before we move on to our next news story, we have another super chat from Screamo Shaman, $4.99, saying any thoughts on that spooky Pokemon teaser from a few days ago? Well, Give us a as bit a of matter time. of fact, <laughs> we're going to be talking about that uh, later in today's show, so uh, we will have some thoughts on it. And uh, thank you for the reminder, though, and thank you for the super chat. Really appreciate it. Yep. Also, uh, $5 from Late Night Sprite, saying the industry needs to stop awarding Crunch like The Last of Us 2 Running the running the running the game awards. Hades made people take time and weekends off. Love GBG, y'all rock. Absolutely agree. You rock mm -hmm. too. No, you you rock. But <laughs> no, completely agree. Uh, rewarding crunch should never, ever be happening. And I across the board, I'm always happy to wait as long as it takes, as many delays as it takes for any game I'm looking forward to. If it means the people working on the game are having good work life balance. Their mental health is being looked after. And what we need to do is just not personally, I think d delays are going to happen no matter what, but just start working that extra time into the development process. You I mean, know, it's, instead it's of time management, they're just bad at time management. Exactly, yeah, it's time management. And it's like, instead of making it seem like you're delaying a game over and over, just allow extra time and and make sure you're giving your developers as much time as they need to make a game without crunch and then you don't have to come back and keep saying sorry we're delaying it you know then it's just the expectations are there but you know a production management's a tough job i've done it i know it's not as simple as we're making it seem here uh but it's just something needs to change um and hopefully it does uh, by the way i don't know if anybody who told the the porn bots were apparently uh, there were almost at 70,000 subs because they've really <laughs> been going on uh going on one in our youtube chat today so thank you to our amazing mods for helping to keep them out of the chat really appreciate that uh they're more active today than usual so i guess they heard no shave november uh, that that's actually true if we hit 70k subs before november derek and i are doing no shave november so maybe that's what it is they just wanted to see us not shave who knows <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably we got we got yeah. to challenge isa for his uh, wonderful beard <laughs> yeah you, exactly. you know what i'll trim mine up so then we can do this together oh there you go <laughs> nice nice all right well let's go ahead and keep things moving and uh get that third story up on screen uh hold on oh there you go oh, no worries <laughs> All right, so for the uh, this this comes from our friends over at Nintendo Life, and uh, so I don't, I don't want to say it's bad news for Switch, it's just just interesting. But for the first time in 33 whole months, uh, the Switch wasn't the U.S.'s best-selling console in uh, in September. So this, of course, is referring to September 2021, and uh, so actually, it was the PS5 that finally took the Switch's crown. How the heck was uh, there enough September? units for that? <laughs> yeah, no yeah. idea. Yeah, this feels fishy. It's it's weird, right? It's, yeah, because of the supply issues. But according to Nintendo Life, the PS5 was September's best-selling hardware platform in terms of both units and dollar sales. And this is uh, you know, the first time that's happened after 33 consecutive months of the Switch dominating. 
um, you know, dominating the charts, the hardware charts. So, uh, although it is important to note that uh, in terms of the year-to-date statistics for 2021, uh, while the PS5 is the year's best-selling console in terms of dollars, the Switch still does remain on top uh, in terms of units sold. So it's not, you know, all bad news for Nintendo. And I, again, I don't even want to really characterize this as bad news. A 33-month streak is incredible by any yeah. measure. And we may see Nintendo or the Switch go right back on top in October. Who knows? But uh, Asa, how, how are you feeling about this, man? Yeah, I mean, like I said, this it feels... It feels a little fishy to me, uh, but I guess if we're looking at terms of dollars, it makes a, a whole lot of sense because, I mean, the PS5 is double the cost of a Switch. I think even with the OLED unit, it, it wasn't enough to push it. Now, I think in October, November, we could see that definitely jump back up with Sora and Smash, the Animal Crossing update. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be enough to probably pull some people back in that might not have had a Switch or sold their Switch. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... I would never want to encourage the console wars, like fanboyism. So it's not bad news. It's good to see Sony get a win because honestly, I was pretty worried. Like I was able to get my PS5 uh, last November, but there are so many people that still don't have it that would like they're dying to have one. And so mm -hmm. I, I completely get it. I know that there are struggles on both sides and I'm happy to see this win for Sony uh, because it's great. But yeah, get, give it some time. I think once we... We get oh, and Mario Party too. So Mario yeah. Party coming out, and well, and all of these updates coming to Switch. I think Switch is going to jump back up. Uh, Kaiser in the uh, YouTube chat actually brings up a, brings up a pretty good point. Uh, September is also the pre OLED, OLED month, so people might have been holding off from the Switch for that point for that reason. Definitely, yeah, that's a great point. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I I Go ahead, Derek. I don't think this is a, you know this is more interesting than anything else i think it's more for the streak because you kind of nobody's really talked about it for a while because it's just been the thing that happens like of course the switch is on top what what else would it be at, at this um and it, it's it's cool i mean it's it's nice to see that the switch had it for so long i don't think it's gonna it's, i think you're probably gonna get back on top uh I for the so holiday too. season let's be honest OLED. yeah especially yeah. with the oled i don't think this you know they're they they lost that one month but whatever no i don't think that's a huge deal there's some there's actually some other interesting uh bits of news here from for uh how well certain series have been doing um that we don't have included in the uh, nintendo life article uh according to mac piscatella tales of arise set a new launch month uh dollar sales record for the tales of franchise uh it ranked as the fourth nice. best-selling game of september 2021 uh, Life of a Strange True Colors launched as the number 10 best-selling game and generated the wow. highest launch month dollar sales for any Life of Strange title to date. And then finally, uh, WarioWare Get It Together debuted as the 15th overall best-selling game of September wow. and achieved the highest launch month sales for our Wario franch WarioWare franchise since Smooth Moves in January 2007. So, mm. good stuff all around. That's interesting for yeah. That's interesting for WarioWare specifically, and not and kind of surprising. Not because Get It Together isn't good; it's a good game, great game, I would say. But WarioWare has just been out of the spotlight for so long. It's great to see it come roaring back with you know such a good debut. I think it's largely in part due to the humongous install base for the Switch. I mean, thirty three yeah. months in a row. That's you're t you're talking Undertaker uh, streak of wins when it comes to WrestleMania. Kind of like Derek, I think you brought up a great point. Like, there's almost a mythos to it of 33 months straight that's 
huge. So I think that, yeah, absolutely. That, that install base probably is going to boost a lot of games. Cause like you mentioned tales of arise. I, I can't believe that that game is as high on that list as you say it is. <laughs> I yeah. still need to pick it up because I've, I've heard I amazing things. I think it's, that game definitely um, benefited from word of mouth. Yes. I hear everybody talking about it. It's just never been on my yeah. radar until I've, I've heard so many people talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that life is strange, true colors charted at all. I mean, that's, it, it's just great. I mean, it's a good series. I just didn't necessarily think it would debut uh, at quite the position it did, but I'm really glad to see that it did. Another thing that continues to just blow my mind every time we see it is that, uh, at least for N- Nintendo platforms alone, for September 2021, of course, none other than Mario Kart 8 takes the number one spot because Mario Kart oh. 8 always takes the number one spot. And this, who this doesn't game, own that when game? you consider the original, right? No, and when you consider the Wii U version, I mean, for the yeah, new like when buyers, you consider how old the game is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, attach rates, you know, with, with bundles and, and, and such, but mm. Mario Kart 8 truly is the gift that keeps on giving for Nintendo, and I see why we don't have a 9 announced yet, because why should they? Yeah. Why do they need to? I mean, <laughs> uh, us fans want a new one, but, you know, for, and for Nintendo's concerned, this one just keeps selling hand over fist, no matter yeah. And people how like, old it why is. don't they do DLC for it? Because they don't need to do anything. It's just they selling on its own, to. so it's just like... There it is, making bank. You just don't touch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wish they had, you know, kind of used that success to, like, justify the release of, an, of more DLC for it. Like, sp- deluxe-specific DLC, mm. because Deluxe came out with We Use DLC as part of the, the base or the main game. So why not have another DLC pack adding other stuff, you know, Kirby or whatever into... I don't know. It just feels like it would have been cool to get even more new content, especially absent a proper announcement of Mario Kart 9. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm guessing they don't. If, for the same reason we don't have in Mario Kart Nine, is probably the same reason we don't have new DLC. They don't need to do it. Mario Kart Eight Deluxe just continues to sell, yeah, like crazy. So and I feel like yeah, they don't do too much DLC support for their deluxe editions, do they? I can't think of any of those Wii U ports that have gotten new content aside from like. 3D world that had Bowser's Fury, but that was in the box. That wasn't something right. that was additional added on. So right. I wonder if it's truly just, hey, we're we're giving you all the Wii U DLC, and that's what you're going to get. If you want something new, play Cruise and Blast. But outside of that, if you oh, want, such a good game, right? Thank you. I'm sorry, I had to throw <laughs> it out there because I never. I'm so glad you did. Mm. It's so good. Oh, I need to pick it up. It's fantastic. It, look, it looks yes, awesome. you do. really good. Um, and the, that menu theme is 90s perfection. Oh. <laughs> Chef's kiss. It's, it's so, so good. good. And it's, oh, yeah, man. I could talk forever about Cruise and Blast. <laughs> it's such a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, as, as Wataniac says here in our live audience patron chat, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe saying, I am inevitable. Yeah. It's true. It's just Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is never, never it seems like it's never going to die. So, um, you know. And it's a great game, but man, I just I'm I'm so ready for something new on the Mario Kart front. But uh, until Nintendo feels the need to do it, I don't think we're going to see it. But uh, yeah, well, we do have uh, at least one more super chat to read out. First is uh, still alive with five dollars. Thank you so much. Saying uh, I've been hearing people not liking the music in Dread as much as previous Metroids. What do you guys think? Did you like the music in Dread? Um, I agree with that. I, I I feel as though as much as I love Dread, the music so far has been the l- relative low point. It's just not. It's not bad. It's just no. not very memorable. No, I, I it, like it the doesn't stand out, but it it's appropriately moody. Yeah. It just doesn't stand out. 
That's yeah, all it just is. doesn't stand out as much as I think some of the more iconic themes from previous games in the series did. Like Super Metroid, I can I can name and hum every song on command, um, but not at all with Metroid Dread. Same with like Metroid Fusion. I love Fusion as a game, but I didn't find it to have the most uh, you know memorable soundtrack. And I'm feeling the same here with Dread. That said, I do like the Berenia theme. That's that's the water, the underwater area, right, Berenia? I think yes think it is yeah i like the uh, the music there that's probably my favorite track in the game that isn't just a rearrangement or a remix of a previous metroid theme like i love hearing salmon's theme in the opening right so right. uh yeah but i i agree with that still alive for sure uh what about you asa so huge confession i major metroid fan so excited for dread i've had no time to play oh, it so dude i hear still you. in the box i haven't had a chance to put it in I mean, that's probably why I've been playing so much Cruise and Blast. It's, I have time for like small <laughs> snippets of yeah. gameplay, and I just want to yeah. sit down with Dread and like put a decent chunk into it. So I will yeah. give my my full takes on on the music. Which this conversation has me a little bummed because I've always loved Metroid music. I oh, same yeah. Super Metroid and Metroid Prime are some of my top soundtracks in gaming. So oh, that menu theme in Metroid Prime, oh, it's so it's good. So good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh man, yeah, no, no. You, once you get to it, you're gonna have a great time, no doubt. But but I completely hear you on not having time. I feel bad that I still haven't finished it. I feel like I'm really close, but I've been so busy with work that I just I haven't been, been able to finish this ten I, to fifteen hour game, ten to twelve hour game. I was hoping for years for a sequel to, to the World Ends with You, and I've barely touched Neo. So I get it. I oh, totally wow. get it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. Well, we do have a couple of more uh, news stories to get through. And this next one, I'm going to call the Derek Bittner special. So let's get that up on screen. So if you haven't heard already, rare footage uh, from a researcher has been uncovered from the Hisui region, which basically means we have a new Pokemon Legends Arceus teaser trailer to talk about. And uh, Derek, of course, with you being our resident Pokemon master, uh, I'm going to throw this one to you first. Um, I, it doesn't seem as though, from what I've seen, that there's too much to talk about here, but I want to take it to the expert first. What are you? Uh, what are your thoughts on this rare footage from the Hisui region? It's a fun gimmick to reveal a new Pokemon. This is basically on the same level as the 24-hour right. stream in order to introduce um, uh, Galarian Ponyta. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's, it's, yeah. It, at least this one's shorter. And I like the presentation. You can't see crap. It's it's static the entire time. Uh, it's pretty cool. But they did. I like how they were like, oh, it's not it's not a Growlithe. Uh, it's not a Vulpix. Like they're giving descriptions of what it might look like. So I'm actually I've tried to look out for any artist that might have tried to like based on the description try to recreate it. Uh, what it might mm -hmm. look like because it's adorable. It has um, I think a fluffy tail or something like that. But. Um, there's, there's some fun, uh, bits here that kind of describe it in some ways. And, um, and yes, uh, as Irish Jackerman, Jackerman points out, uh, another YouTuber, Birdkeeper Toby did point out there is a snow run scene in the trailer. So it could be a, uh, new snow run evolution. That is very possible. I also think because spooky season static and all that, I'm going to put it out there that I think it's going to be a, um, a ghost type Pokemon. So mm -hmm. just sort of Ooh, fitting with that. Would, yeah. I mean, so we get a new adorable ghost type and I don't know. I, I don't really have a lot of predictions concerning it. 
this is just a fun method of showing off. And I guess, yeah, as Soy Sauce Asia points out, Frostlass is a ghost type that involves from Snow uh, Snow Run. So maybe. Um, well, both uh, both Screamo Shaman and Kitty Kong facts in our live audience chats are saying that the common theory is that it's Zorua uh, or Zorua variant. Which hmm. maybe I, I don't even is Zoro a ghost type? I, I don't you know. Don't believe I'm it sorry. is. I don't think. Yeah, so. I'm sorry. I'm not. I don't know the whole. I got I think I know. Which, oh, that one. It's it's a dark type, which in Japan is evil. It's called evil. So it's the okay. one that can uh, camouflage itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll look when gotcha. you encounter it. It looks like another Pokemon. You hit it, and then turn, it's like, oh, it's actually this type thing i got okay um, i gotta say i i do love the style of this trailer it it, it, ha- it carries a serious scary vibe to it like a like a horror found footage vibe to it that i kind of wish they would have released or released this near how like closer to halloween it really is that creepy and it's it's cool it, it's kind of uh different in tone for a pokemon trailer or or teaser footage and i just it's, it's a lot of fun i like what they did with it so this is interesting um the uh I was just looking up Zoroa and the, one of the first things that popped up is, um, you know, it hints at a Hisuian Zora. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that is a terrible, with my speech impediment, that is an awful name That's to try so to pronounce. Hard to say. It is so hard, <laughs> hard to say. Yeah. Um, but according to this, and uh, there's even a bit of fan art uh, here to try to uh, interpret it, where they thought it might be a Growlithe or it might be a Vulpix. Um, so they're taking that as a hint that it's fire type. So they're thinking that this might be an ice slash fire type Pokemon. And here is Whoa. an artist interpretation of what that would look like. If I can find it, uh, there it is. I will link it here so everybody can check this out. And it also gives proper credit to the person who is guessing at this. Uh, so there we go. If it is true, this thing's adorable. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. I love that. I love the look of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, that's not that's official. So right, right. Oh, oh don't worry, Bolt oh. it's, it's safe artwork. And here's, I love love Pokemon Investigators. I did not get a chance to look at this, but they're saying uh, the, during the trailer, it says uh, it's currently 7.06, uh, no, 7.07 uh, p.m., which ties into... Um, Black and in black and white, they were the seventy sixth and seventy seventh Pokemon. Oh, so, that's cool! Wow, that's cool. There, that's they, a, that's a really there's a lot of hints in here. Deep. So, <laughs> yeah, I could see it. It's it's wild to think that we're only a month away from Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and then just a couple of scant months away from Pokemon Legends. Where it, it feels like it's still far off, but it's really not. It yeah. does. God, it's coming yeah. up so quick. It really is, yeah. But uh, all right, well, we uh, did, did, Asa, did you have anything else you wanted to say about that? I don't really have too much else to add myself, other than I yeah. can clearly see the snow runs in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, I could clear. I could clearly see the snow runs too. I had. I was trying to think of who it, it could have been, and nothing was come to mind. But the the frostlass theory, I like that one because I think that that would be really cool to see that. I but I forgot about the confusion of it, if it's a Vulpix or a Growlithe. So. Yeah, I could see it being that Zora version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was, I was like I said, I was going ghost type, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought of, I forgot about the snow run before I watched. Uh, I had I watched it when it came out, but I didn't rewatch it for this because, like, oh, I remember that, but no, of course I forgot yeah. detail. Um, right, and it's like it always feels like Glalie is the one that gets all the love. It's the one that got the mega form. So I was like, yeah. oh yeah, let's yeah. toss some love to Frostlass and 
Mm, probably not. I, would, based I've on always, this. I always say this. I always say this, but the Vanillite line deserves so much more love. I want to see Mega <laughs> Vanilla Lux. I want to see a variant of Vanilla Lux that's maybe chocolate or strawberry, maybe Neapolitan. Who knows? But there's so much you can do with an ice I, cream I wanna Pokemon. I make, want make it ice poison type, and like it'll just be purple ice cream on top. I mean, okay, they to- okay that could be cool. They had that cake uh, Pokemon in Shield and Sword. That is true. So, it, yeah. like, why hasn't it been done yet? That makes so much sense. Right? I don't know. Well, we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. I don't expect it to be Vanillite or anything, but I, I am looking forward <laughs> to seeing more Hisuian variants, though, because the ones we've seen so far uh, have been really have been really cute, especially Super Growlithe. Cute. So I'm Growlithe, forward. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although, based on that All artwork, right. I, this might be even cuter than Growlithe, so. <laughs> I know, right? Um, okay, well, we do have a couple more Super Chats to read out. First is uh, $2 from Late Night Sprites. Thank you so much. Uh, saying, when Pokemon Attack, or when is Pokemon Attack coming to Pokemon TV this fall? Um, I haven't heard of Pokemon Attack. I think have, that's have an you? episode name uh, from the old oh, the anime, name. but I don't know which one it is. Yeah, sorry to say, I'm not I'm not sure. Um, but thank you for the Super Chat nonetheless, and I'm sorry we're not we're not sure. Uh, unfortunately, I just lost my chat. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, let me double check. Um, so the only one we got was Rec BC, uh, BCQ with $5 Super Chat saying, the hype okay, cycle cool. for uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus is great. It's so much more unique than older games. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Cool, cool, cool. Thank you for that, Derek. Yeah, I know I just, uh, the, the chat is frozen on my end. So thank you for that. And thank you so much, Rec BCQ, for the Super Chat. Uh, and yeah, it's, it is, it's really it is mean, weird to go straight from uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes to Legends in like three months. I expect them to be farther spread out, but yeah, I don't know. It's fine yeah, for me no, because is. I'm not excited about Diamond and Pearl. They're cool for a You're legacy not. standpoint, but mm. I'm not seeing a lot to <clears throat> get me to replay. Other than the fact that oh, hey, I. Sh- probably have to review this <laughs> so hopefully it'll surprise <laughs> me i mean i'm going in like yep that is diamond and pearl <laughs> yeah I, that yeah. generation just didn't sit for me super well and the art style i don't know what it, it is about me. the art style i just don't it doesn't I click don't, i don't mind the art style and the gen 4 was what got me back into it so it'll be faster and that'll be good yeah. so we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes I do like the chibi art style on the overworld personally, but, but mm-hmm. I hear you gen four never really did it for me uh, originally, which is why I'm kind of looking forward to revisiting it. But, but I definitely like, it's not, I don't have a whole lot of pre-existing hype for gen four. Like I would gen three or five or six. I know right. I'm the few oh, gen man. six fans, but I admit it. Um, I love this. Bolt mouse X points out one of the creepiest Pokedex entries ever. And I remember reading this in game after a woman met her end on a snowy mountain, her regrets lingered on from them. This Pokemon was born. It's favorite food is frozen souls. <laughs> I love Pokemon so Pokedex good. entries. They are so ridiculous. <laughs> and that's amazing. And that's Frost last, by the way. And yeah. I just cannot believe. Oh man. That's just yeah. I love oh. the dark Pokemon injuries. Maybe Pokemon change maybe change Frostlass's new evolution into like I uh like ghost something else and make it more like the ring. If <laughs> we're going to go with those Pokemon oh, injuries, oh, that, that would be, cool. be so cool. Just have like oh, black hair in front of the face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know what they oh, would do, man. but it'd be awesome. <laughs> it would. 
Um, we have one more super chat from Still Alive for $5. Thank you so much. Saying, uh, what do you think of Incineroar in Smash Ultimate? Think he was a good addition, or did you prefer a different Pokemon from that generation? Personally, Incineroar never did much for me. I was never a big fan of its design. So, And, and I know there are a lot of Incineroar fans out there not talking shit to you, but just personally for me, the fire wrestling cat just didn't do a whole lot for me. I would have preferred Decidueye myself, I think. Um, but yes. you know, I'm glad Incineroar is there for the people who love it. I am I am nope. shocked that uh, Incineroar got in over Decidueye. Uh, Decidueye would have been my pick, hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have been cooler, I, cool to have a grass starter that, yeah. That I went Primarina for the game the itself, but Primarina can, has, is not mobile. So I think it's easier to pick either Decidueye or Incineroar. And mm-hmm. Incineroar is fun, has an interesting gimmick, but it's just like, plus I don't find him that fun to play. I hate his recovery. Yeah. Oh, I hate his recovery. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, well, still alive. Thank you so much for that super chat, as well as for the perfect segue into our final story of the day, which is our other big story that we're talking about. So let's get that up on screen. So, as we all know, uh, Masahiro Sakurai is known for his uh, Famitsu columns talking about Smash's development, kind of giving us a behind-the-scenes look at Smash's development and how characters get in. And, of course, that means that we uh, have some new reports from him in, in Famitsu about Sora, about Kingdom Hearts' Sora getting into Smash. And these translations of the latest Famitsu column uh, of course, come from our good friend Push Dustin, as well as Cody Nokolo on Twitter. So definitely go follow them for more uh, for more translations like this. But there's a lot of really interesting stuff here. Um, as you might expect, he talks about how getting Sora into Smash wasn't quite the same challenge uh, as getting other third-party characters into Smash. It was a much greater challenge, and uh, that's no that's not su- a surprise. Uh, but what's really interesting here is that for a long time, Fighters Pass Volume Two was only going to have well, only going to have but was going to have five characters, like Fighters Pass Volume One. And it wasn't until Sakurai had a chance meeting with a Disney employee at an awards show that the discussion around Sora even began. So for a long time, he wasn't part of Fighters Pass Volume Two, and he was kind of a late late addition, I guess, a little bit like Sonic and Brawl. And so the fact that Sora is here in Smash, that the dream is real, is is only due to some of those more last-minute negotiations that you know allowed him to sneak into the end of Fighters Pass Volume 2. You have so uh, no idea. Yeah. As you said, special. But it's special in the fact that it's basically the same way Kingdom Hearts came to be in the first place. Just a random yeah. meeting with a Disney employee. We need to start having game developers just randomly run into Disney employees at all times because, my God, these match, these yeah. mix-ups, these, the ways they, like, somehow got just met the right Disney employee, I guess, the Disney representative. And the fact that they were like, yeah, yeah, we'd love to have him in. It's like, oh, we can actually do that? Oh, cool. <laughs> like, right. Wow. And I do wonder... <laughs> I do wonder if this hadn't happened. I do wonder if they would have ended Fighters Pass Volume 2 with Sephiroth instead. I, I wonder if they moved Sephiroth up. I, I feel like they might have. I I don't think they would have ended on Kazuya as the last character, personally. No, no. Um, yeah, I think, it, I think they probably moved Sephiroth up to, to separate him from Sora a little bit. But yeah, I think they probably would have ended with Sephiroth otherwise. You don't think it would have been Steve from Minecraft? I feel like that is a big enough external mm. IP. You no, know you're right that that probably would have been yeah. the finish. Because you would have needed Sephiroth for the middle. You know, like, st- start with... Uh, right. 
now I can't remember. Start with the arms character, then do the Xenoblade. Kazuya can go. Xenoblade and Kazuya could be interchangeable, but put Steve at the end, like if if Sora wasn't going to happen, because otherwise I could see a lot of like like Steve felt to me not as big as Sora, but felt like one of the biggest. I never would have expected a Minecraft character right. Right. in 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 Smash. Well, as as Skeleton Warrior Matt Zwodniak in our live audience chat uh, mentions, um, also a previous TNT guest, thank you so much for being in the chat with us, uh, he reminds us that Steve's announcement was timed around a big Minecraft event. I think it was at the same time as Minecon was happening. Is it, is it Minecon, I think it's called? Minecon, uh, yep. That year, yeah. So I, I think that was at the same time happening, or it, happened, it started on the same day that Steve mm-hmm. was revealed. So I do think Steve could have certainly, yeah, he's certainly a big enough deal more than a big enough deal to carry the weight of being the final character it's minecraft live screamo shaman thank you um but you know sakurai also has a very has a very uh clear perspective on what the fan base wants i think in terms Mm -hmm. of who the hypest characters are and i suspect that he would have known that maybe ending on a western character like steve or like banjo kazooie for example as the very last character might not sit well with a lot of his own audience. So well, I do wonder if it still yeah, would have been Sephiroth. Minecraft is popular in Japan. It's just one of those things where the perception of like non-Minecraft players might not be as into Steve getting in. You know, I remember that being Steve like, oh, please don't get Steve yeah. in, uh, that, that sort of thing. So for a core gamer, Sephiroth is more exciting. But for the general sense, uh, Steve is. Yeah. And that's why Sora kind of, gets a balance is that kind of strikes a balance there where coordinate gamers definitely know Sora. People have heard of kingdom hearts and well, generally just mm-hmm. how confusing the story is. And everybody knows <laughs> Disney. And that's why you start yeah. with the Mickey mouse symbol. Like, wait, what, what's, what's Disney? What's Mickey mouse doing here? If you don't know kingdom hearts <laughs> at all, it's like, yeah, what is yeah, that exactly. about? And then it starts the whole thing. It's like, wait, Disney characters with these Japanese kids. What the heck? What's all this about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I can only imagine what, what Sakurai and his team went through because uh, Cody Nokolo goes on to talk about how, uh, or translate, that Sora was, of course, supervised by both Disney and Square Enix. It wasn't just mm-hmm. one or the other. Mm-hmm. It was both. And so Sakurai says in kind of a wry way, the first Sora model that the Smash team sent to Disney and Square Enix was very quality and there weren't a lot of issues. Just kidding. It was quite difficult. <laughs> I can only imagine the, uh, I mean, given what we heard about how difficult it was to get Cloud and Sephiroth's models approved, I think primarily Cloud's, I can only imagine how much harder it was with Sora when you introduced Disney into the mix as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also talks about how it's been three years since the release of the base game, uh, Smash Ultimate, and how there were the the development of all the DLC combined, all 11 fighter uh, character passes, is similar to the development period for Smash Ultimate itself, which is wild when you think about that the DLC has effectively doubled the game's development time. And uh, it does, you know, for all these reasons and more, it does seem like the right time to end, even though I've obviously talked about how sad I am that it's ending. Sora was the perfect way to end, but I do have to ask uh, Asa because, you know, I have to ask everyone this because it was such a big moment. It was a dream come true for me. What was your reaction when you first saw the final trailer and you realized it was Sora? I cried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. I, I cried so hard. Um, so actually, I went through this roller coaster of emotions. I, I saw when I actually when I first saw the flame. Sorry, I, I didn't get to like stream it live. So I'm like, people need to know my my journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
when I saw the flame, I thought immediately Dark Souls. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? This makes no mm-hmm. sense to me. Um, and then when I, I saw the Mickey Mouse emblem, that's I jumped up and screamed. Yeah. Saw uh, Sora come in. That's when the tears just started flowing. <laughs> and then I immediately remembered all of the gotcha moments in the Smash announcements that I, mm-hmm. I sobered up really quick because I was like, it, they're going to like – do like the switcheroo and it's going to be Kyrie or it's going to be King Mickey or it's going to be Roxas. Like they're, they're going to pull the switcheroo and I'm going to be heartbroken. Um, but then it was, I just held my breath for that moment when they said, you know, Sora joins the battle and Sora, you hear uh, Sora's voice say, let's go. I was like, I was on the floor. I was so, so excited. Yep. And like everyone else, I'm like, well, honey, I'm restarting Kingdom Hearts again. So here we go. <laughs> I'm back on it. Oh, God. I'm back on it again. Dude, I hear you. As many people here know, I popped the hell off. It wasn't until later when I rewatched it that the tears started flowing. I was more popping off out of just sheer hype on, on our reaction stream. But the tears came later for sure. And like I said on Twitter, they knew exactly what they were doing with yeah. having the orchestra version of Simple and Clean in that trailer as oh, Sora yeah. floats through the keyhole. I mean, oh. you could you could have someone read the phone book to that song and it would make me cry. Like it's, yeah. it's that song is ridiculous. Oh yeah, yes. and uh, I mean, just the startup of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, you know, the dearly beloved. Every time the new game opens mm-hmm. up, it's like yeah, I. Like started up Kingdom Hearts three for the first. I'm like, no, here we go again. I'm just so happy playing this. It's like that damn music yeah. gets you so hard. It's, yeah. Um, I yeah. What, what, it's, and, and he's so fun to play. Oh, oh man, he's, he's so a blast. Uh, one other interesting thing here uh, is that um, you mentioned Sam is working on a full game. He did. He did mention that he feels like he will only work on a few more games. So he's worried about the future. So yeah, at least this really is not the last one. We're still getting a few more Sakurai games. That's that's I'm happy right. for that. And Do I think this is the last Smash. Do I... The last Smash he works on? Maybe. Yes, I do it think it's be. probably going to be the last one. And what a, you know, what an amazing note to go out on if it is. Yeah. I mean, I I if I could, I would have you know, I'd love to have him work on Smash forever. But I want him to work on what he works on, not what I want him to work on. Yeah. And he you know he deserves to be able to to stretch his creative wings and and do something he wants to do before he retires. And he's getting older. And, uh, you know, it's definitely sobering to see him say that because he, you know, he knows he's getting older and he only has a few more games left in him. It's going to be a sad, sad day indeed when he retires because, I mean, happy in the sense that he gets to retire, but sad in the sense that there's never, ever been another director, developer, producer like Sakurai. And I don't know if there ever will be again. He is such a, not that there aren't other people who are incredibly talented in their own rights. Obviously there are. But he's just very unique, and I'm, I'm going to miss the hell out of him. He has an eye for detail, I think, is the big thing. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, he also says that uh, with Smash Ultimate, Sakurai felt that he was able to offer a celebration of gaming, and he's glad he worked on it. Uh, Smash Ultimate isn't an ordinary game, and he's happy he was able to collaborate with many developers. And that sounds like exactly the kind of uh humble way that, that Sakurai would say something like that but yeah hell yeah it's a celebration of gaming and hell no it's not it's not ordinary the fact that he was able to put his stamp on this game and, and the likes of which we'll never see again it's it's incredible um mm-hmm. and he he ends by saying that his the next column will be his last one and fun means good so we're not only are we losing the smash hype cycle but we're also losing his columns in Famitsu which I 
have always looked forward to. I, I always love, you know, hearing him pick his own brain and just t talk to us about how he does what he does. And so a lot of, uh, really an end of an era in more ways than one year, not just with Smash Ultimate coming to an end, but just his Famitsu columns. And, and it seems like he's closing the chapter on this part of his life as a game developer, and he's opening the book on a new one. And uh, so it's the end of an era, but I can't wait to see what he does next. I'll, I'll certainly be there ready to play it. He uh, apparently has been doing that column since 2003. <clears throat> That's oh wild. Gosh. That's wild, hmm. man. Well, as uh, I'm sure many of you watching the show have already seen, we did do a, a really cool thank you Sakurai tribute video uh, that went up on Monday. And it just was very reflective of how we feel about the game and what he's what he and his teams have brought to it. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm going to miss his I'm going to miss his columns. going to miss Smash, new Smash Ultimate stuff. But I will be playing as his Mega Man and Sora be... for years to come. His next game needs to be presented, like introduced in the form of one of his presents. <laughs> like those are just fun watching him play his games. Talk about it. He really is. Yeah. yeah, I would like totally watch a show that's just him playing some classic game, whether it's it's his or not, uh, someone else's game, his own game. Oh and man, just talking, talking about. Game I want to see him play Fatal Fury, about... go through the Fatal Fury games, and show oh, off yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know? that would be really cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we do have a few more super chats before we close out the show. So, two more dollars from Still Alive. Thank you so much. Uh, asking, when do you expect to see the Sora Smash amiibo? And part of me is worried that the answer might be never. Um, I only say that because it was really weird that they specifically showed off every other character except Sora and up to Kazuya. But it also might still be that they're in negotiations. Did they show? I don't think they showed off the Sephiroth amiibo yet or Kazuya amiibo. Like, they've not shown off those Amiibo. They're, we are still a ways away. I thought they did for Kazuya. No, I think they showed all the upcoming ones. They did? At, at the end of the uh, presentation. I'm sure Chat can clear it up for yeah, us. Yeah, but... I, I, I wish Jackamon agrees with me. They don't remember showing off Ka uh, Sephiroth and... Uh, oh, really? Kazuya. Oh, it's here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at it now. That's Sephiroth, Pyra, Mithra, Kazuya, and Steve. Oh, oh okay. And then Steve was... They didn't show the actual Amiibo model. Oh, but okay. They they oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I thought you were yeah. talking about that, but um, apparently Steve is dated for 2023, so it's going to be a while till we get all those, but mm -hmm. it'll be a while. But I'm hoping we do get Sora, and, and my guess is maybe they're just still negotiating with Disney, but if we do get a Sora amiibo, given that Steve is dated for 2023, I wouldn't expect to see it until late 2023, yeah, maybe exactly. even 2024. So I hope we get one though. Oh, some are saying 2022. So I don't know. We'll find out. Oh, oh, is it 2022? Okay. Well, I, I saw 2023 so. earlier, yeah. but it's who knows. But we'll get it eventually. Yeah. But it'll yeah, it'll be a while though uh, if we I've, do get. I've it. gotten and, all the DLC uh, characters for the for, uh, so far up to this point for the for the Smash uh, uh, amiibo. So I need all the rest. Um, Nintendo Life says it's spring been. 2022 for Steve. And and by the way, oh, okay. uh, we are have been reminded that there's also going to be an Alex variant as well, which right. is cool. We, we haven't um, even gotten I just hope... Min Min yet, have we? I don't uh, think so. I don't think so. No. I'm not I'm up looking, my Amiibo release dates. I'm looking at the Amiibo release right now. I'm going from most recent, and no, it's not on here. The no. most recent one for okay. Smash is Banjo. Oh. Which doesn't make sense. Mace Face is Min Min is spring 2022 as well, uh, according to Mace Face oh, okay. in our live audience chat. So, yeah, they're coming. But if they do do Sora, I really hope that, that we get 
I'd buy every variant. I would buy the main one, Kingdom Hearts 2, Dream Drop Distance, and Kingdom Hearts 3. Why do we not get a female variant of Byleth? And, like, I, want the four var- I, I, I can't believe we didn't get four variants of the Dragon Quest hero. Yeah. I wanted that. I wanted the all four heroes. I know. That, that would have been so great. But yeah, we'll see. Hopefully they do they do make a Sora amiibo and, and Disney doesn't block that. But we'll see what happens. <clears throat> uh, Ryan Rivera with a $4.99 super chat. Thank you so much. Saying a Disney represent uh, representative joins the chat and Ash asks for Yoko Shimomura to compose the GVG intro. Uh, well, <laughs> Yoko Shimomura is my favorite musician of all time. However, I wouldn't ask her to do that because that would be stepping on the toes of our good friend T. Lopes, who did do uh, Good Vibes Gaming's theme song called Pure Bliss. So I would never, ever want to replace the amazing work that T. Lopes did for us. Uh, for anything. So I would ask her to do something else for us, but not the intro theme, not our main theme, because, you know, not going to replace T's amazing work. Uh, but thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, we also have $4.99 from Hustle Bun saying, I felt ostracized by all the Kingdom Hearts spinoffs and the reaction to Kingdom Hearts, 3, Hearts 3's ending, but that trailer got me. My eyes welled up. I had chills. Pure magic. Couldn't say it better myself. You're absolutely right. It was just magic, and it's a, it's a moment yeah. that will that will remain in my mind, and that I will carry with me through the rest of my life. Same with Mega Man, and to a lesser extent, all of them. I remember, as I said in our Thank You Sakurai video, I remember every single reveal for for what it was. Even the characters I personally wasn't hyped uh, as hyped about. There was just something so uh, communal about everybody coming together for the next Switch character, Switch Smash character. <laughs> so no. Yep. I totally hear you. Uh, pure magic. And uh, with that said, we have reached the end of episode 148 of today's News Tonight. Thank you all so much. And as I say that, of course, uh, Alan... Oh, wow. We have a couple more. Okay, here we go. We'll <laughs> rapid fire these. Alan Gibbs with $2 saying, Kingdom Hearts in a Metroidvania style, I want it. Same here. I think we all Whoa, probably agree would cool. be down with that, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, Not Moth with $4.99 saying, Hey guys, after much, after much thinking, I finally decided that I am non-binary. It was hard to come to the choice, but I'm very happy with that decision. Well, Not well, Moth, you came congratulations. To the yeah. 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 Congratulations uh, you know, for being able to do that soul searching. And, and we're very, all very happy for you here at the GVG crew. Be yourself. Absolutely. Be proud. Uh, you know, non-binary representation. We love you. And uh, just really happy that, you made, that you've been able to make that decision. So, Congratulations. Absolutely. And with that said, that is the end of episode 148 of today's news tonight. But as always, before we head out, Asa, please tell our amazing audience where they can find you, man. Yes. Okay. Um, So you can find me in a plethora of places. If you want to find me uh, particularly, you can go to Twitter and my handle is at agreenriver07. Um, There you can find links to everything else, but I still want to shout it out because it's great content. So um, my content is Borderline Entertainment on YouTube and Twitch. Um, and then if you can also please share some love to TakeThis.org, a mental health org, and games. Um, the Games Hotline, uh, and that is just at Games Hotline. I'm wearing our, our limited edition shirt that is a mental health is not a side quest. Um, and if you need to use the hotline, please text support to 23368. It is a free emo- uh, emotional support hotline so it's text-based you just text that support and uh someone will get back to you and then um of course waking oni games we have own semester coming out later this year so i think i said all of all the things so you can uh find my hands and all of that but again if you want to find me in particular uh a green river 07 on twitter nice 
That's so great, Asa. I love I love that you and Jay Lynn are, are doing such great work on the mental health and, and emotional support outreach front. As I so as I told Jay Lynn as well when they were on, uh, it's such important work, and I just love what you're doing. And uh, I, I also love the tagline "Mental health is not a side quest." That's brilliant uh, because it's not. It <laughs> should you. always be a main quest. That is a yep. crit path for real life. That's part of the crit path is taking care of your mental health. Yes. So, um, no, but Asa, thank you so much for being on, on the show oh, again. We would love to have you back again anytime. Yeah, yeah it's, it's absolutely. always a pleasure having you on. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, we do have to uh, give a special thank you to everyone who watches in, in both our Patreon and YouTube audiences because uh, we love doing this with you three days a week. So thank you so much for being here. But we do, uh, as always, have to give a special thank you to all of our patrons at the producer tier and above. And I'm going to be reading both the producers and the EPs out today because we don't have a credit scroll today. Again, as I said, TNT is in a bit of a transitional phase. So I want to give all of our producers that love as well. And here we go. Our producers are Jared Edinger, Jacob One, Kurosame, Mikhail Walburn, Felix Nebulus, Don Koopman, Kevin Online, Sonic Kurosaki, Nick Munger, Arkwing24, Ben Madrin, Chase Talbot, Ben Hannigan, Chickens, Joshua Wiseman, Iggy Coop, Kirandas, Feeling Dreepy, Meowsticks, Ariel H, Blindman, Ryan Sardon Keller, Shuckle 25, Darts, DJ Andy D, Joseph Bayer, Pedro Vasquez, Tony, Albie the Floof, Ian Seabach, Ben Frick, Guy of Guinness, Ben Morelli, Emil, Farina Reneas, Andy Chung, PK Gaming, Legend of Jess, Shoichi, Chris Lewis, Daniel Cod, Bo Blacks, Gold Lichting, Smoko13, Michael Abuda, Akil P, Hello World, Alan Leung, Kristenton 2025, Coops Crib, Toast Cross Dimensions, Mega Amster, Nicholas Van Roven, Dean Evinger Jr., Chip Damage Mike, Abisola Osaini, Jeff Ed, Ghost Wolf, Jack Hines, Blazestar25, Inferno Cali, Tom Chimiak, Taco My Salad, Jax, Willow Pingree, Gassan Abunura, Maya Caraway, The Frieza Force, and finally, Klaxon. Thank you all so much for supporting today's news tonight, because without your support, we couldn't do this show three times a week. Thank you so much. But as always, an extra special thank you to all of our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine, wonderful, amazing folks include Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Fangs, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, Octopuppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, The D Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Romsky113, Critter XD, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedron Hotik, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Azran127, Black King, Pagrima, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Kyle, Top Dog23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Doug Shomix, Andrew Medeiros, Oram M, Sakuragi, Becca, Killamox, Fizzywig Hoyd, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, Kenneth Lee Stingle, Deaneth, Kota, Sci-Fi Lullabies, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Justin Matthews, Hubie, Too Much Spaghetti, Mega Conrad, 
Ascaron 809, Ryaner, Ditto M, Captain Finlandia, 60 minutes and 60 seconds, Spicy Pandotter, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Super Game Dude 10, sorry, Super Gamer Dude 101, Grantles, Ravelox, Synchro Lord, Rosa Pardo Bowling, Hi Steve's Mom, Kotar Peck, Scuff 196, Kane Woolly, Skull Kid Tiger, Dark Steel 01, Blizzica, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Cystic Warrior 29, DJ Jurassic, Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy, Dinner Sonic, Darik, Chibi J, Stag Nasty, Mumbling Yeti, Cameron Sharp, Screamo Shaman, Mason Riley, Keel, Santi the Person, Brendan Hesse, Hustlebun, Noah Fitterer, Rizmon, and last but certainly not least, Helen Kincannon. Oh, that's a lot of names, a lot <laughs> yeah, of love, is. a lot of support. Thank you so much, everybody. Your support truly does mean the world to us. Uh, if you are interested in finding out more about how you can support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com slash gbgaming, where we offer a variety of tiers, and you can start supporting us for as little as $1 a month. Uh, but one of our most popular tiers is our live audience tier, uh, where for $5 a month, you can engage with us and our special guests three times a week during today's news tonight in the live audience patron chat you see on your screen right now. But even if you can't support us on Patreon and you just support us here on YouTube, we love you all the same. You drop a like, a subscribe, ring that bell. Every little bit truly does help. And remember, when we hit 75,000 subs here on YouTube, someone's winning a Switch OLED. All you got to do is be subscribed to the channel when we hit 75K and you might win. And if we hit 70K before uh, November, Derek and I have committed to doing No Shave November. And we, we're at 69.6. It's looking like we might make it. So we'll see what we happens. Have, what, 10 but, days uh, left? <laughs> yeah, about 10 days. So if you can get us to, to 70K by November, you get to see Derek and I unshaven with way too much facial hair. And it's going to be a mess. But uh, either way, we love you all. We will see you uh, on Friday for episode 149 of today's news tonight, in which Steve will be back. So look forward to that. And we'll see you then. We love you, everybody. Good night and good vibes. Bye. Bye.